Yeah, I would say pretty privileged for for this time. Yeah, I mean, his father purchased the castle. Yeah, My he was father, lucky. Yeah, yeah, his father purchased the castle. I wish one day, huh, you know, I'm like him. And landed an estate in Cremon on the 5th. Okay, so basically he, they purchased the castle. They were an influential family. He joined the fam their family business at the age of 14 and studied bank banking until his father died in 1688. So afterwards, when his father died, Law, as uh, he was a, a British dandy, <laughs> he uh, stopped working in the in the family business and went to London. Right, he went to party a little bit, uh, and uh, while he was living in London, he was uh, using large sums of money to gamble, which led to him. I don't, I'm not sure if the the gambling actually led to his duel. I mean, at the end of the day, he was. It sounded like he's he's good at gambling because he was actually able to keep in mind which cards are out of the game, which ones are still in the game. But I think in the long run he lost more money and he lost lost large sums of money, and that's why. Yeah, I mean, what what the jewel was based on? Uh, maybe he the I don't know. No, it was because of a lady. Somebody. It was because of a lady. I'm telling you, he's a player. It was because of a lady. Ah. So the duel uh, he had with another sh uh, with Edward Bew Wilson in Blooms Bloomsbury Square in London. <laughs> uh, Wilson challenged Law uh, over the affections of Elizabeth Willers. Let's see who Elizabeth Willers is. Oh, she looks beautiful in this picture. <laughs> Count of, of of Orkney. So it was a, yeah, she was one of these. Uh, they're all high high society. So basically. He just, uh, he, yeah, they went for a duel over this girl, and uh, Mr. Law killed the guy, right? Yeah, um, he won the duel, killed the guy, and then was dragged to court. Yeah, he was he was arrested, right? He was arrested with the murder and stood trial at the old baby, but it wasn't in these days that you can actually, like, the duel was legal? Um, I, the, the weird thing is the duel was illegal and he was uh, sentenced by a judge that was infamous for hanging everybody and then he was in prison and just waiting for his death sentence to be carried out actually so he was about to die actually yeah but I was thinking it wasn't wasn't um, dueling legal back in the day I mean if I you think challenge a man to the duel it's like maybe the weird thing was that the process of dueling was legal but because he killed him then it was suddenly becoming murder yeah and that's why maybe he, he yeah. got, got in prison it's and like then... medical marijuana <laughs> <laughs> you can grow it but you cannot sell it. <laughs> yeah like in general with drugs possession is cool but don't take it possession of duel is okay but if you actually execute it <laughs> it's bad yeah, anyways, so he was charged of, of a murder, he was waiting his execution in Newtgate prison, uh, but his, uh, his sentence was later commuted to a fine, and, and upon the ground that the offense was only amounted to a manslaughter only. Yeah, manslaughter only. But, of course, Wilson's brother, since this Wilson guy was also some powerful guy as well, it seems, uh, actually reversed this and they got him imprisoned again. But our, our man of the day, Mr. Law, escaped to Amsterdam, um, where, as you know, Amsterdam and Holland, Holland had the first um, uh, market in the world, and uh, so he went there to study banking. For tulips, or? No, that was the first bubble. Okay. The, the tulip. But they had oh, also, yeah. you know, like the East Indian Company in um, in UK, was it UK? Can you Google? The East India Company, because I think, because both UK had the um, India, 
yeah. Anyways, Holland was the first one that had the, had the developed market, and also the rule of law in Holland was the, partially the reason why the market worked because um, East India Company, right? Yeah. Founded 1600. Uh, yeah, that's okay. in Holland, right? Yeah. Yeah, so in the, in the 1600, Holland already had a good market, and they also had a, a good law system. So, for example, if you at that time you would like to trade, let's say uh, you wanted you're a rich guy and you wanted to invest your money somewhere and then for example you wanted to go to Holland or you can you send one son to Holland which is uh, to invest and you give another another son money to go to Spain to invest so what would happen is that if you went to Holland and uh, somebody you 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 invested your money and uh, somebody was about to pay should pay you back like a trader or something you can actually sue uh, sue the trader and even if you're a foreigner uh, if there is a legal, the the, the, the legal uh, precedent to it, you would win the, you would win the case. So kind of the legal system was already developed. Whilst if you're going to Spain, uh, and you lend the money <clears throat> to the Spanish uh, king who was, uh, I don't know, having charters then to go to America and stuff and financing wars against British and stuff. So you you could lend him money and then uh, he could just not pay you back and nobody would care. So the the, the that's why people actually went to Holland to invest and that's why also he went there was a kind of a pool like today in New York you know if you want to work on the stock market you're not going to go to Zimbabwe you're going to go to New York you know like yeah, that's, that, that, because that's the, the most developed one yeah. Then, yeah and you also have the, I think the rule of the law is very very important to these to these things because you don't want to get screwed over by somebody and never and you're not in your country so you have to trust the law that's I think not to go too much on the tangent, but I think that's one of the main reasons why uh, U.S. Uh, has this functioning market and the uh, U.K. as well. But anyways, so he went, um, uh, he went to Holland, and there, this I think this is where he started uh, studying. He started studying. Um, he studied basically the market. That's also where his first book was produced about. What was it called? Um, money and trade. Money and trade. That's his first book. Yeah. yeah. Money and trade considered with the proposal for supplying the nation with money. So yeah, basically what he believed. We we haven't read this book though, but maybe be interesting to read it. Uh, but the, in the summary, what he believed in is uh, that it would uh, increase if you actually separated the money, paper money from uh, from gold. I mean, eventually what happened in the world, but. He was thinking then we would uh, kind of uh, stimulate the economy because money would be more available to people instead of the gold and stuff. And he actually tried to uh, implement. He he developed this idea because he wasn't. His ideas were according to the ones in Scotland, so he wanted to change stuff in Scotland, but the British said nobody listened to him. Yeah, and yeah, then we're in, like, in, in the Netherlands, he tried to develop like something that was later normal the the system with the central bank and the central bank is printing money and controlling the supply of money and yeah the, the system as well as said of fiat currency was is, is normal today but back then nobody was uh, the, the the whole government was not suitable for it and the people didn't know how to use it so yeah. that, that's why it failed at the end of the day yeah it's, it's yeah maybe maybe it's something similar today with cryptocurrencies we have no idea what the heck to do. Maybe uh, cryptocurrencies will go under forever, or maybe he was one of, of the oh. initiators of cryptocurrency. But Bitcoin we don't. Middle Ages. 
John, but look at his hair. I mean, he's beautiful. I wonder if this is actually like if you can Google, like if you Google him, you can see that his hair is pretty impressive. I'm just wondering if this is. Um, you think this is fake hair? Mm, the syphilis could hair? be real one. The I mix? mean, he's a, a Scotsman. Yeah. Maybe he was. Uh, yeah, wearing kilt. Yeah. And um, long hair. Yeah, maybe you know. Uh, I trust him in this matter. Yeah, he looks like a gentleman. Apparently, he was very handsome and tall, and that's why like the ladies liked him, and he was drinking all the time. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, while he was in Amsterdam, I think he met the Duke of Arlington. No, not the Arlington. Duke of Orleans. Orleans. The Duke of okay, Orleans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was my French. And deputy uh, head of state, right next to Louis the Fourteenth. The Fourteenth, yeah. And so when Louis the Fourteenth basically died, the Duke of Orleans was the guy who was uh, the sitting, not the, the sitting king. How do we, we call him? Sitting king. While uh, yeah. his son was too young, so somebody had to replace him. So this Duke of Orleans was shortly in power at the time uh, where, um, sh should we talk a little about France, what happened in France these Beforehand, days? Like, yeah. like France was crippled, basically French economy was crippled by a huge load of debt, mainly because Louis XIV borrowed money and he kept on borrowing money for uh, conducting his excessive lifestyle, building nice castles but everything was borrowed at the end of the day and also fighting for becoming the heir of the spanish uh, yeah. throne because the spanish king did not have any children and that's why the Habsburg family and the british bourbon families were fighting f to be the heir mm. and this was the last war basically right before john law entered the stage the french government was involved in and that's why uh, yeah john law saw the opportunity to pay off France's debt and actually spark economic growth again with his ideas. Yeah, and uh, yeah, also Louis Louis the Fourteenth was waging many wars beforehand and we left the country wasted both economically and financially and uh, basically because there were so many wars to finance, they didn't have enough coins and gold left in the country, so there was a shortage of money. So that's you can imagine that if there's a shortage of money, nobody can buy anything and the economy is kind of doomed, you know, like... What are you going to do? Yeah, no spending power, no way to yeah. increase spending power, like, yeah. And, uh, yeah, our guy, uh, our guy, uh, John Law, then uh, went to went to France and he was given a chance by his buddy... Um, the Duke of Orleans. The Duke of Orleans, who is now in charge of, of the country, basically, to actually try out his idea, which, if you think, it's not that crazy, because... You, I mean, if you're living then, you don't yeah. have any idea what's about the, the ideas. Were, the ideas sounded good. The ideas sounded proper. Yeah. Introduction of fiat money and uh, basically becoming controller general of the Mississippi area of the French territory. Yeah. So basically, let's let's start let's start uh, simply explaining the situations when he went there. So he uh, when he came there, he was given the the the, the power to create his own bank. Uh, what was the name of the bank? Bank General. The, the Bank General, the Bank General, it was the name of the bank. And uh, when, once he he created the bank, he financed the bank by issuing stocks. Yeah. yeah. So that's how he raised the money for the reserves. And then once he had the reserves, then he was uh, able to issue paper currency. Basically, what they were doing, they were uh, exchanging gold for paper currency, right? Yeah. This is like the introduction of fiat currency, like fiat like currency, this. Yeah. this Regular money banking system. Because back in well, the day, what we know from today. Yeah, back in the day, they didn't have actually the name of the bank is Banque General Privé. 
Mm. Yeah, they, so they, they they develop basically the use of paper money for the first time, and um, oh, actually there were six banks. Sorry, there was uh, one in Sweden, Ho- England, Holland, Venice, and Genoa. There was they were using also fiat currency back in the day. Just okay. just saying. Um, anyways, uh, with with his bank, he also acquired the Mississippi Company, right? Mm, Mississippi Company and merged it with the Company of India. Yeah. Can you uh, can you explain what's the Mississippi Company just for the people, or do you want me to? Uh, I'll explain you. Okay, so explain. <laughs> you explain, sir. So uh, the Mississippi Company, as you know, the French were one of the first people who colonized America, and uh, back in the day, they owned a part of uh, the, the land. They owned a huge amount of land in the U.S. and the Mississippi Company. I mean, they they called it back in the day. They they called it the Mississippi. But it included much more than Mississippi. I think it included uh, the, the Louisiana, also Louisiana Purchase, included all these territories. And uh, the Mississippi Company was a charter uh, made by the king, who was basically in control of this territory. And at the same time, uh, it was it was in control of all the trade be- between the colony and the and France. But uh, just to say that people back in the day, the regular French people had. Not they didn't know much about this colony. I mean, it was something far, far away. There's huge territories. You might know that your country has these territories. Be uh, no fucking idea. If there's any gold. If there's anything, anything of value there. And so basically, he also gained the control of this company, and which basically gave him control over the entire trade activities. Of all the activities going on in the Mississippi uh, yeah. section, because it's a it's a conglomerate um, unionizing or a, a unifying all trading companies in the sector and of yeah. the whole French uh, colony there in the Mississippi. Yeah, in the Mississippi, and then afterwards, I think he uh, the, the same company acquired uh, the, the 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 African trade, the Indian uh, the Indian it? company. Yeah, yeah, because he um, uh, was monopolizing the what's the name of the trade. The Mississippi Company, and then he also swallowed with this company the uh, Indian Company, and they monopolized the entire trade activities, like all kinds of goods being transported and all yeah. kinds of services being exchanged, and also even uh, slave trading back in okay. these days. So basically, what they did, what he did in the short term, uh, he he with his bank he acquired the. Uh, the control of this huge uh, trading company, which was trading with uh, French territories in US, in US, sorry, in America, in Northern America, and then afterwards he took over. He was basically given the permission because he could not have done this without the king to take care of all the other trade um, trade companies as well, charters in in who are dealing also with Africa and stuff because France, of course, had colonies, and uh, he created the great monopoly, but. The the re- the main reason why he came, if you don't understand, the main reason why he came into this situation and why the French wanted him, wanted him to help them was because they had a huge national debt and they wanted somehow to uh, to pay off this debt. So the creation of this of whole of the company and the the the, the, the whole situation was created for the France to pay off their debt somehow because they didn't know how to do this. So um, yeah. Um, at, at the time, there was I think they did a little bit of propaganda. That was uh, yeah, yeah. When I was in New Orleans, uh, they basically 
told people the the perfect they, they propagated the perfect pitch of uh, Louisiana and everything is so nice here. Nobody has ever mentioned that this is just a huge swamp and there's not too much to to trade with or not too much to no. grow to produce. Yeah, basically they were sell, they, telling people they're uh, do, selling the news that there is actually a lot of gold and silver. So I mean, kind of a story, you know, in the new territories, there's a lot of gold and silver everywhere. The prosperity awaits you. Yeah. And the, and the value of the Mississippi Company was basically the value of the lands that they were there because they were in charge of these lands. So the the how um, um, but the, yeah the value of the Mississippi Company was the value of these lands. So the share price, which was <coughs> the share price which were issued, skyrocketed. It went, it increased, I, th I think from five hundred. So be just a fact, be between May and December in seventeen nineteen. The market price of share rose from high 500 livres, which was the the currency of the day, actually the currency that he met probably, right, mm. to uh, 10,000 livres. So I mean, the appreciation is insane. I mean, it, it, it all started off that before that, before this this speculation started, and before the the uh, non-justified expectation started, he also issued shares in Louisiana with this company to uh, lend. Or to, yeah, to to lend a large amount of money to the French government to pay off debt. So this yeah. is like so the company basically started off with having issued shares and at the same time having given a huge loan to the French government. Yeah. So yeah, the, the, that's the whole point. So the company uh, issued shares. People wanted to buy the shares, and then the company acquired that money and then give that money back to the government in order for the government. To pay back their to the government, sorry, for the country yeah. or the king, whoever, to pay back their debt, and uh, basically, in the beginning in 2017, the company lent the French state 1.5 billion livres at three percent interest to pay off the national debt. Um, yeah, and the transaction was funded by issuing a further 300 shares in the company. So, whatever money they needed, they were just issuing shares, and they were and uh, this Mississippi company was acquiring other companies so imagine today uh, so it was acquiring other companies to increase its value so imagine today like uh, apple uh, wants you buying as soon as they buy something the hmm? uh, like apple buying i don't know trying to buy microsoft yeah or something like this yeah something like That's this unlikely but it, yeah i mean the share price would went up immediately and uh, and uh, yeah those they were trying to expand the company and to see this company as a huge conglomerate but they Kind of created a monopoly, right? They, they they controlled all the he controlled all the finances, and, and I, I mean b b before this this Ponzi scheme like thing started, he he did some good things because at the same time he was he was running the company and he was the controller general of, of uh, Louisiana, and for example he tried to abolish uh, road tolls and waterway tolls to ease trade or he wanted to uh, break up the large land holdings to enable the local people to actually grow stuff there to to have like peasants pro benefiting from a lot of small parcels so there and there was not not everything was bad he tried to he believed in in constant interaction economic interaction that this would bring prosperity and this would uh, make everybody benefit but uh, yeah the, the ponzi scheme thing started with this company when he had on one side his bank he was in charge of, and at the on the on the other hand, he had the company, the Indian company. Yeah, 
Uh, the Mississippi company. Mississippi company. Yeah, Mississippi company, which also included the Indian company and the African yeah. company. It's basically like imagine that the central bank today is uh, in control of all the stock market, and then the, st the stock market is one company. That's what happened. Okay. Yeah. So like all S and P five hundred, let's say S and P five hundred is everything exists in the U.S. So the FDA, the, well, there is one guy in FDA. Alan Greenspan and he's in control of uh, FDA and then FDA somehow you, might, you mean SEC? No, FDA. Federal Drug Association? Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, 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 no. I always mix these two up. I don't know why. The, the fucking... SEC? Not the SEC. Well, you mean Fed? Fed, yeah. yeah. I always uh... mix it up with FDA. Yeah, I'm, I'm a foreigner. What can I do? So yeah, the Fed basically buys uh, all the stock market and then controls them and then at the same time controls all the trade and it's, it's a huge monopoly it, it was insane it was really insane so what happened with the with the companies um, so when they gave this news that oh yeah there's so much out there there's gold there's stuff people wanted to buy the, the the company share right so that's why the company the value of the company share appreciated so much with i think if you're a king of france you're like oh god damn this is nice because now he's gonna pay us and give us money at the lower interest rate is like three percent and we can pay off our debt and for some time it was working kind of it looked like it was working even though the i mean if if it happened today immediately it would be labeled as a bubble because i mean the it sharing, won't work today well like yeah. issuing loans with the central bank this money is used by people to buy the shares yeah. and then you have like expectations rising then people buy more shares yes. and then the value is i mean if, yeah. if your value of your share rises by 20 times in two three months that's I mean, it's very hard. And as soon as it's cooled down, as, as soon as the, the, the rally for the even higher share price started cooling down a bit, he was issuing more money and yeah. enabling people to buy more shares again. So yeah. it's like a self-reliant yeah. system. So basically what happened is the price of the share was so high that uh, people could not now buy it. So you, your regular people could not afford it to buy this. And, and what happened is people who weren't even rich were trying to save up in order to buy the price of the share because the price, uh, sorry, the, to buy the share because the price of the share would rise astronomically in a short amount of time. So you had really a lot of quick made millionaires because like if you return investments 20 times in a couple of months, you, you like everybody's gaining money at the time at that time. And if you're a peasant, you have absolutely no knowledge of finance in in back. You in the just day. know you have money out of, out of a sudden. Yeah, a little bit. You just you, know that a little bit you have. Yeah. You get some money quickly and uh, who cares? So in order to solve the problem, <laughs> he started printing more money, which was super smart. I mean, he didn't have any historical data to test his assumptions. To be honest. And I mean, I mean, the, the, the system worked of uh, over expectations of overshooting uh, the, the real performance of the company by far. It worked until the point some people notice that he starts giving out more money than he has actually uh, physical gold reserves and then it started breaking apart because then people i think the first ones were those who knew about it maybe some insiders nobody knows started withdrawing their money trying to cash out their profits and then the bank run basically started mm. then everybody was uh, giving back their shares giving back their debt they all wanted their uh, gold back because, yeah, the fiat currency system was so young. Nobody was really prepared for it. And on the streets, it wasn't really widely accepted. Gold was still standard and silver, of course. And that's why, uh, yeah, w w with the bank run, everything uh, fell apart. 
Yeah, but uh, let's 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 slow it down a little bit because we <laughs> went right to the end. Uh, but uh, we should also mention that once, so once you bought the shares, right? So many people back in the day wanted to. Once you buy the shares, you 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 have let's say you buy the shares for ten dollars, and then in like a couple of months you have all of a sudden like ten thousand dollars from this ten dollars, and um, back in the day people want to go back to the bank and exchange it for gold and silver, right? But law actually did not uh, allow this. Yeah, he started happen. for forbidding it then because to yeah. to prevent exactly this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then if people would go back and exchange their, uh, imagine if people would go back and exchange all their profits in gold and silver, they would take out the gold and silver from the bank and then the bank would have even less reserves. So they would, it would yeah. even increase the inflation. And, and to, to, to slow this down or to prevent this completely, he forbade yeah. selling gold and trading gold just to keep the gold in the bank and the fiat money on the street. Exactly. So basically the fractional reserve ratio was one fifth. So one to five, I think they had the... Uh, Mm. Uh, the reserves um, so uh, they also since uh, the, 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 at the time he was printing money the hyperinflation happened and the money was becoming kind of worthless and I think what he did is that he tried yeah he, he wanted to he like he was capping the share price at 9000 livres in, uh, in, in 1720 because the price was growing so hard that he wanted to cap it at 9,000 and I think this is where the panic started where people started selling yeah, when he started. tried to cut the number of notes yeah. outstanding I think and a half and the number yeah. of shares outstanding and a half yeah at the public rush to convert banks uh, banknotes law was forced to close the bank general for 10 days then limit the transaction size once the bank reopened but the queues were, grew longer and the Mississippi company I mean this is a <clears throat> This is a uh, like the bank run, right? Yeah, Classical the regular bank, bank run. run. Like too many people trying to withdraw money, and then you have the the combination that fiat currency was still new yeah. and actually bound to gold, and people then want to have their gold back, and but the gold is something physical, and yeah, and yeah. they don't have the gold, and then they need to stop, uh, close the bank for ten days, and imagine what happens when they close the bank. And this is what happens with bubble. You have people who are investing in the companies; they have actually no idea why they investing from so they're very sensitive to any kind of any kind of uh, sort of with bitcoin we saw this that people were very sensitive you would invest in bitcoin just because it was going up and then at the first you don't know why it's going up you had no idea why this is happening but you're just following the trend yeah you and, just wanted uh, also, also profit as well yeah. that benefit from this as well just join the and this the upward yeah. wave and this happens in all all kinds of bubbles in, i mean in every single bubble this happens with you 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 just have so many people that are investing, uh, that are investing in the in the whatever company it is, whatever stock or whatever market. That at some point you have people who basically do not understand the value of the company or are not per se. In yeah, I mean there's then, long term investment. You know, yeah. you know uh, for uh, the Kennedys in in the, in the in the Great Depression when the Great Depression started, the Kennedys was the only family that didn't lose their money. And there's the anecdote where um, the John F. Kennedy's grandfather, he was the one who I think who was the first one to make like a huge leap in their family. He it was 19, uh, 1929 sometime before the before the whole crash, and he went to the to the shoe shiner right, mm. the, the little kid, and uh, the and there was, at that time everyone was investing in the stock market because there was like a new thing. 
And from, since 1920 to 1929, everyone was investing in the stock market because you would get back your money and you just go for profits. And he went to the shoe shiner and there was a little kid, like five, six years old or something, no, like more 10, 12 or something. And the kid asked him like, uh, oh, Mr. Candy, like, what do you think? Where should I invest my money? And at, at, the, at, that, at that time, he just like stood up, went back to his office, called uh, his assistant. He was like, sell everything, sell ex sell everything we have and the reason why is the reason why is basically because if the kid on the street who's shining your shoes is is the is is willing to invest in the stock market there's not many people left to invest in the stock market he's probably the last one in the in the in the chain order of, you, of, of yeah, investing I mean, power so to say yeah, if, yeah. The, if the most poor guy wants to invest his money in the in the in the, in the stock market who else is there? So then Who else like can invest? Nobody. Inflated. Then so it's yeah, inflated, it's yeah. inflated and there's nobody else to invest. So that at some point the demand will stop, like the price will stop growing because the demand won't exist anymore because this is it. This is the top of the hill. Yeah. Yeah. And then afterwards the stock market crashed and um, and uh, yeah, they, they preserved, preserved almost all of their money. But this is also what happened kind of here because you have all these French people who are investing to, to get money and imagine like... If you don't really know what's happening, somebody tells you, oh my God, they, bye, bye, they, bye. Halt, they halted the price. And the first time in fucking 12 months, the price hasn't gone up. Sell, sell, it's time to get. And then you create like a stampedo. Everybody starts selling. Yeah. And then you have the, I mean, it, it has bubble character because the stock price is now reflecting something that's not there. The, the company itself was doing very yeah. badly. I mean, this, this is called, you can Google it. It's called Mississippi bubble and you can do your own research on the Mississippi bubble. But this is basically what happened. It was, it was like kind of a primitive bubble where there was a huge monopoly kind of and so um, when they realized that um, that the share price were falling because people were selling they closed the bank they, they created even more uh, they created even more uh, uncertainty chaos. panic and yeah. then uh, yeah everything so by yeah so by May of 1720 prices fell to 4,000 livres per share and decreased 73% within a year uh, the rush to convert paper money coins led to sporadic bank hours and riots. Quarters now occupied the square of Palace Louis Le Grand and opened attacked financiers. So yeah, it was uh, whole chaos because people were not were not allowed to convert their money and uh, because of the hyperinflation, the money you were holding was basically going worthless. Yeah, I mean because they were printing so much money and not backed by anything, right? And then the eventually the. The, the whole fiat system failed it because people were suddenly if, if they wished to go back to gold standard they couldn't and this caused uncertainty financial stress and then yeah it was over people didn't trust the paper money system at all anymore so it was the end of the paper money for a long time yeah i mean um yeah I, I, it was a kind of a weird situation where i think many things had to coincide at the same time for him to be allowed to have this much control and at the same time we have we have to mention that he was the major shareholder of the of the company right yeah he was in charge of the bank issuing the money and the shareholder, major shareholder of, the, of mississippi. the company and also controller general of louisiana all of the mississippi area of the french territory so if you were if you would discuss his motives like if you have 20% of a company which is rising t 20 times <laughs> the value of this company is going 20 times up per year you probably want to print more money 
for the people yeah. to I, buy. At, more. at the end of the day, I, I don't know what to think. Like, was he really only trying to get rich? I mean, partially, it's, it's obvious that, that he try, tried to make easy money very fast. But at the same time, I'm also thinking he might wanted to try just like a large scale experiment. Is fiat money working? Is the is is paper money system in France working? Is, is this really helping anybody? But I wonder. I mean, how how didn't? I mean, the idea of printing more and more and more money just just to stifle the economy. Yeah, like growth. this this self reliant system can work in the long run. But I think this might have been the result of mm, panicking that the company is not making the profits the French government was expecting. Maybe this is the other. Maybe the initial plan was really let's try paper money. It's a good idea, and this could revolutionize how finance, how how international trade works, and how France could come back to prosperity. And then the the constant change between issuing money, letting people buy shares, share price goes up, and then more money, and then more share price goes up. Yeah. That this was maybe more like panicking. I think I've, to me, to me, it sounds more like panicking and trying to keep something alive that uh, could have never lived. Yeah, like I mean, the, the while, w- yeah, while the company was going down, he many times uh, passed like uh, executive orders to halt the price. Like he was trying to halt the price of the of the of the of the stock because he was now buying huge amounts of stock. Yeah. But then, uh, then, then he would reverse that, and it was like a whole panic mode. You can like if you go deeply into what he was doing, it was very panicky but I, I was wondering did he really not know that if you just print and print money the value of the money will go down like i think it wasn't at this point just a gamble maybe, maybe he was just gambling that it somehow works out can you can you google just the, the spanish in inflation uh, the, the basically the first inflation that happened in the world was uh, not in the world sorry but the first i think modern like europe europe not modern europe but back in the in the yeah 16th century spanish inflation so basically, I'm just wondering if I'm questioning his ethics or moral. Did he really know? Because it sounds a little bit weird that he wouldn't imagine that the value of the money, if you print so much, would go down. So, for example, if you, I think it happened, this is why I wanted to search for this because I think that the Spanish inflation happened before. So. In, in short terms, basically, what happened when Spain went to Peru and all these colonies, they they started digging for silver, and and uh, the, the the silver w- w- had a lot of value back in the day. Silver was the currency, right? So they they discovered this uh, mines of silver in Peru, and they were like, oh my God, let's, let's dig for more and more silver, and they were digging huge amounts of silver, forcing labor and stuff, and then transporting it back uh, to Europe and the idea was like the more silver we have the richer we are <laughs> they didn't realize that if they if they have more silver the value of a single silver coin would be lower mm, yeah. basically inflation it's also something John Law has uh, postulated or, or develop, developed as, as postulated postulated <laughs> I love <laughs> we're in quantum physics here <laughs> postulated something he phrased first it's like the scarcity value of a good and this is exa- exactly this like if, if a good exists 20 times it's more value than if is if the same good exists 500,000 times 500 yeah. times 500,000 times like this so yeah I think he, inflation was known to him at the end of the day if he even 
knew about scarcity value and about inflation, but at the end of the day, I think this was just a panic reaction. Yeah, but I mean, that's the question. If he knew that deflation was there and he was thinking like, okay, I'm going to inflate this bubble, but I have 20% of the company and I'm going to be rich and I'm going to live a, a, a very, very good life in Paris. Back in the day, Paris was one of the, uh, probably the, the city to be in, right? Yeah, but I think at the end of the day, the, the way of... And wealth was mainly expressed back then by having land holdings or by having estates. And orgies. <laughs> and orgies, yeah. But orgies are uh, somehow mobile. You cannot really, you cannot have a mobile palace. So yeah. Why at not the end of the day. <laughs> a mobile orgy going <laughs> from palace to palace on horses. <laughs> it's a bar crawl. You never know what these people did, man. They had so so much money. Like the, the kings and queens this have these days. It was like the way they lived their lives was completely out of reality. Like through an ordinary guy. I mean, it's, it's stupid. I'm just joking, but it's kind of stupid. Yeah. So. But I think he knew about it, and he just thought maybe he can inflate it and somehow let it survive. Like basically, okay, it. It. I know it will be ruined, but. Let's try this. Maybe it works out. I, th I think yeah. it was more like uh, now it's all in or nothing. Yeah, but uh, in, I think in the long term, if he really wanted to do what he wanted to do, I mean, like this is yeah. I, I mean, he mentions that he did a couple of stuff. He he worked and uh, invested some time in these Louisiana territories, right? Yeah, Mississippi territories at, the, at that time they were called, but. I mean, if you really want to increase the value of the company, you would actually focus completely on these territories, right? Developing the mines and actually yeah. doing something. But everybody knew back then already that Louisiana is just a big swamp. So. But it was not only only check out the Mississippi. It was Mississippi territory. It wasn't only Louisiana. It was huge, huge. Yeah. Let's see. We are not almighty. We are using Google to find some uh, some data. Bill has a very nice computer. <laughs> yeah, the Mississippi territory is so... Sorry. So it's, you see? So it's, yeah, it's the Natchez, which was, I think, some... So it's Mississippi, Al Alabama. Mexico today? I think so. I, don't know I mean, it's Alabama. a huge portion of, of territory in the middle of the U.S. But back in the day, that could be uh, equivalent to, oh, I have a parcel on the moon. Like, nobody ever had no idea what the heck is U.S. I mean, sorry, America and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, in the end, uh, after the, the whole crash happened, he was he was put to trial. And I think he escaped again. <laughs> what the life? <laughs> he escaped again from France. Or he was uh, extradited from France. And uh, he ended up living in... Oh, no. He was first gambling in Rome, Copenhagen. And Venice, but never regained his former prosperity. So to a certain extent, he must have been successful at gambling again. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, but he died poor. Okay, maybe it was more of plus two, minus one all the time. Wait, how old was he? I mean, he was born in 71 and died in 1729. Bro, he was... 50-something, he was 51? He was 60, man. Back in the day, being 60... You know, especially with his lifestyle. Intermittent fasting. Intermittent. <laughs> yeah, he was going to the gym regularly and intermittent fasting. I think he was taking his vitamins every day and uh, focusing on the daily calorie intake. The Samsung Health app uh, yeah. helped him. Yeah, I'm telling you, he was the first one. He was the first one who actually he was the the, the father of Bitcoin. 
he actually had a little little iPhone in his yeah. closet. And every... <laughs> Three generations later, Carlos Matos <laughs> entered the stage. Yeah, yeah, and uh, in, he died of pneumonia in uh, in in Venice. It's a poor man, they say. Poor guy, huh? And let's see. I mean, uh, his uh, friends went broke again. Uh, they went. Can you can you see what happened with? Let's see what just what happened with friends afterwards. What was the consequence? I mean, the whole country was bankrupt after what happened because the whole country and the banking system was tied up to the value of this company because it was a huge monopoly. And once the company failed, then uh, the com the country didn't have the, the fiat currency was completely devaluated. So they had to go back to the to their gold stand. Oh, sorry, to their silver and gold standard, and use that as a currency again. But nothing major happened. So they just had this kind of Sudden but peak. I mean, when when he died, seventeen thirty, twenty nine, he died. Seventeen twenty nine. Yeah. And but uh, to seventy forty to let's say seventy sixty. Get that bit. Let's see. Because I think uh, what did they do? To, when was the? Louis I mean, then then the next Louis came in. Louis the sixteenth. Yeah, there were only two Louis. And then or one Louis. Fourteenth uh, and sixteenth. Louis. Louis. Fifteenth. Fifteenth. Okay. But then Louis the Sixteenth afterwards already, and yeah. it all went on because then the French Revolution happened, yeah. 1789, 1799. Yeah, and um, but uh, and the Louisiana Purchase afterwards, and I also think this is kind of uh, probably influenced the, the 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 I mean the economic power because it ha it had been then going on like this for another forty years mm -hmm. until the French people were then like sick of it and then noticed okay it it can't go on like this like uh, like. Two percent of the population is super rich and doesn't know what to do with their money, mm. and ninety-eight percent are all peasants. I wouldn't say even two percent. I would say like you can one percent, uh, like five hundred people in the country are living very, very good. Okay, I mean all the zero point five percent, nothing. And the, but and the because I I thought even in in what happened is even in these days where they were very poor, I think the kings and queens wanted to still maintain their lifestyle. Yeah, of course, they're like. While the while the, actually the the peasants were dying out of hunger and stuff, so yeah, that was a interesting story, and you can see how. Um, but I think you have you need to have a lot of luck if you're John Law to actually get this opportunity. Yeah, like if win a duel, escape prison, escape a prison, escape a prison, <laughs> escape a prison, and then go to Venice and die. Yeah, gamble all the time. Yeah, left and right and front. Yeah, it's, it's introduce an economic system, fail, be a shareholder, be rich, be poor. Poor, have twenty five orgies. Have all your uh, estate confiscated in France. Yeah. And gamble on in Copenhagen and Venice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's insane. It's a mix of not giving a fuck and uh, being better than Indiana Jones. Yeah, I think yeah he didn't give a fuck. Uh, by much. I mean, if you imagine what the life he lived back in the day, nobody traveled or something. He lived all around the place. Was pr pretty rich for the majority of his life, and he was in charge of a whole. I mean, he was a foreigner in France who was in charge of the financial system and in charge of everything at the time. That's like and that's like J.P. Morgan he, here in the 1900s well, with the monopoly and stuff. But yeah, I mean. Um, I wonder if we explained it, uh, if we explained it uh, properly and not with too many uh, distortions and left and right and ah. back and forth.
honestly, I hope that the the sound itself would be good quality. That's that's the that's the main focus. But uh, we will do this every Sunday. Let's see. We'll find these interesting stories. We'll go from bubbles and. Who knows what, we, what we're going to do next week. Real estate week. bubbles, speculation bubbles, yeah. some weird uh, or failed or successful attempt of new economic systems, fiat money, gold standard, what worked, what didn't work. Yeah, because I think that's also a good way to, if you want to learn something about finance, I think through history and these stories, it will be kind of more interesting. Because, yeah. I, I mean, our guests, are, I mean, sometimes we get guests who are very technically educated. But it's then it's hard to. And they're very deep in yeah. this subject matter, and then it's hard to understand for externals. Yeah, and it's very hard for us to understand first. First of all, and then in order to like transfer this to a more understandable level, where people who are not doing finance can actually comprehend what they're saying, is even harder. Even yeah, we try, and uh, so we we're gonna try like this every Sunday. We're gonna find something interesting, talk about it, and hopefully uh, some people like it, some people don't. Uh, yeah. Story of greed, expectation. Story of Bill Yankee in US. First of becoming he... rich, living the American dream. So, <clears throat> are you gonna? As we said the second part of the podcast is gonna be you <laughs> coming out of the closet. Tell us, <laughs> Tell us Bill. Well, you know you like the transgender girls on Tinder. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm joking. Yeah, that, that would be it. Uh, see ya, folks. See you. Bye. <laughs>